we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our round seven and preview of double game week eight. This episode is brought to you by the Hamstring Preservation Association, now accepting members. Uh, no, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic subreddit of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by MLSFI Crew Classic, minus one. So we have Simon Thwaites, hey. Jason Wiskovich, and Mr. Guy Sanchez. How you guys Hello, doing? Friends. Hey, Uh, and also we're the minus one because Travis, who was going to join us tonight, is going to apparently have a late dinner with his wife. The good old ball chain. Uh, I also just noticed this for some reason, guy. Whenever I introduce you, I always call you Mister Guy Sanchez. Um, I I don't know why. (laughs) Well, that is the proper terms. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is indeed. Well, um. Perhaps, and I just realized I put this in the wrong order, you could get to the proper term for how we would describe round seven. So, guys, how did you do and what was your score? Let's see. So, I'm going to describe round seven as lit. I ended up with 80 points, which was a pretty good week. Um, Up like 96 ranks, I think, to 23rd overall. Always Captain Giovinco. Hashtag. Hashtag always Captain Giovinco. Did you say you're 23rd overall? Yes, sir. You, sir, are a witch. Yeah, um, the the phrase I would use to sum up this week uh, correlates with my favorite Denny's dish, Moons Over My Hammy. And um, my my points were 50, so six below the average. Um, I transferred out the stash for Ka and Captain Kaka, and that tremendously, but... Um, thanks to all of the great Orlando City uh, friends on on Twitter that told me that he was out, I ended up switching back to Wando, who was my original gut choice, and uh, I got 14. So salvaged a little bit, but still uh, pretty bad, and moved from I believe 185 to 358. So I'm looking to rebound this week. Yeah, and how about him not showing a minor? Injury, that that was what was released on Twitter. So there's our injury report for us right there. Minor injury. Yeah, I got uh, 51 points. I think this is the first time in a long time I've been underneath the average. Um, and that's that's not good. But I captained uh, Dos Santos, and I, you know, just going to, I'm going to call this week uh, hot garbage. Uh, definitely. I got 46, no, 45 points. Sorry. I got 46 points in my uh, draft league. Got 45 points this week. It was an all around crappy week. I'd have to say for myself with the Piotti captain and having Hoberry come back to play, which apparently he is the only player in the existence of players who could get a hamstring injury and come back next week. Uh, that baffles me. 
completely baffles me. I think they lied to us. Uh, so I got a big zero with Birch in the back and just not a lot to talk about. I did have Nagel. So there we go. There was there was the high point. I got, I got those PK points from Nagel and that's about it. Um, so guys, any other takeaways or final thoughts about round seven? This this was a single game week sandwich between a couple of double game weeks. So you know, one thing that bit me was I loaded up on sporty Kansas City players for my double game week and they have now lost three games in a row. So that's less than ideal. That just means they're going to get hot during the double game weeks. We're good to go. Don't worry. As long as you keep saying that eventually it's going to happen, right? Yes. Question mark? Question marks. Uh, any other final thoughts, guys, before we move on? Nah. Nope. Well, my last thing is everyone who's excited about the New York Red Bulls winning, you're welcome. I did tweet out that the New York Red Bulls seem to be this season's MLS taco, and then they scored three goals. So I'm claiming that one. You're welcome. Okay. What does the MLS taco mean? Because I've been seeing this on the internet, and I don't understand. What is this? You need to go watch the league. What is the league? Oh, my God, Simon. Really? What is the league? I don't know what this oh, is. I, I, you just lost like 500 ranks yeah. because can of we, that statement. Can we, can we kick Simon from this chat? No, I, th I think it needs to go in like the intro now. So the league is a show about fantasy football that's on Netflix. Oh, uh, it may actually be on, on a real network, is. but I only watch the Netflix. So it's on Netflix. Netflix is and, a real network. And one of the main characters is a guy named taco who is a stoner and he plays their game and he's usually very bad sometimes he does very well as we will get to later in this episode but that is the taco and that's what we mean this makes so much more sense now you're welcome <laughs> eventually maybe we'll get to the shiva and we can talk about that later but currently Ooh. we're going to stick with taco so, so like housekeeping housekeeping before i move on so there is an injury report you're welcome to check it out but if you're wondering if the guy's going to play, uh, insert coin flip GIF here because I don't know. It's crazy. Normally, hamstrings are going to be four to six weeks recovery unless they're serious or unless you're Axel Hoberry. Then you never know. Uh, normally, other injuries are going to be a couple of weeks out. Uh, who knows? You never know. Um, it's just the way things roll. Hashtag because MLS. Uh, other than that, a reminder from our good friend, Andrew. He says, of the six teams that have double game weeks this round, only Vancouver has a home game in round nine. So he is cautioning everyone, and I think this may be good advice, that if you plan on loading up heavily with double game week players in this round, you're going to have a lot of away game teams in round nine. And over the years, you can look at the at the data. Teams do better at home. It's It's very obvious in MLS, so you may have some lower scores in round nine. But hey, a lot of us just live through that for round seven, so maybe you don't care. Just some fair warning. Uh, and finally, as far as the housekeeping goes, I will once again, as we are doing probably regularly from now on, plug Patreon. So if you would like to help support the MLS Fantasy Insider, then please consider some monthly donations to, to help our podcast. We just received some new ones, and so we're over the $15 a month mark, which is fantastic because that will help us cover our hosting. Thank you very much, guys, for just helping us to be able to recoup some of the cost for, for that. Um, 
the next we do have another goal for maybe helping to expand some of our league prizes. So just so you know, if you're listening and wondering why these guys are asking for money, it's because we do drop a lot of time into doing this and we're going to turn it right around and put it right back into all of you guys who are listening to us. So it's you're helping us make everything better. And so I wanted to give a big shout out real quick to John Halka, Shane Goodwin, who we got to talk to a little bit before the show a couple weeks ago, Alex Carey, and Ron Bodie as the people who have donated to us on on patreon so thank you very much guys and i think you're going to get a special treat this week just for patreon members where you can hear our pre-game banter before the show actually starts thank you yeah thanks guys absolutely so now we do this every now and then we're going to have a focus discussion point in the show we had a couple of questions that were sent to us on on reddit when we were collecting the questions for this week and there were a couple of really good ones i wanted to get into which are probably going to reduce how much we can answer during our our picks section but i think you guys should enjoy this because it really picked up traction on reddit so this came from kj and it was a long question i boiled down to he wants to know do we think the fantasy game is too punishing on new players and specifically He's looking at the information that we get to help make our choices, like the injury report. He's looking at the loss of the vice captain and the inclusion of only a captain, which he says has bit him a couple of times this season with getting zeros or very low scores for his captain. And just just basically comparing it a lot to the EPL game and wants to know our take on, is this too punishing for new players? But I'll let you guys feel free to answer that however you want if you want to expand it to anything else. So let's just start with you, Guy. Oh, perfect. Um, yes, absolutely it is. And, I mean, I have so many buddies at work who just refuse to play this game anymore because they've gone through two seasons and it's just – it's not fun. It's too much work. Um, you know, like this year I brought my brother in to play the EPL League, um, Premier League, and it's a, it's a simple game, but – he knows the players now. He knows what he's rooting for. He knows um, the conditions of the game. Um, you can't bring somebody new in. They have to learn the like the fantasy game before they can even start learning the players. And it's so much of this stuff is just it, part of it's the design of the game, um, allowing people to have you know the, the choice for manual subs when it's you know you got five bench spots that could just be. I mean. Why even number the spots if you're going to give people the choice to do manual subs at the cost of a vice captain? Um, and then it's just such an unreliable league as far as reporting goes that it's when you spend more of your time just, you know, flipping coins, hoping that this player is going to play. Um, nobody's learning anything doing that and nobody's having a good time. It's 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 really discouraging. I mean, we're we're in it. So we, we know it and we can take it at face value, but if you're a new player trying to learn the league and that's what, that's what fantasy should be is, you know, learn the league, learn the players, who's good, who does what, this is, this is not the Avenue. You're going to, you're going to find, you know, very successful to do that. So I'm, uh, I'm a little bit trending down on the accessibility of the game for new players this year. Okay. I'm going to take the opposite position and say in response, the game is not too punishing for new players. Um, I think that the game is punishing for stupid players, okay? So if we're going to use that as a synonym in terms of, like, new players are bad at the game, um, 
why are people taking risks on injured players? Why do people feel entitled to all of this information? You're, the game is, everyone has the same information, so maybe you should go off of what you know. And when we say, oh, well, you can't have these resources like an accurate injury report. Sure, I would like an accurate injury report, but maybe you should just play it safe like smart players do. And if you're a new player, especially play it safe. Why are you trying to do all these crazy things like play players who might play and might not? Why are you trying to captain somebody who might not play? All right? Well, that's that's the thing, though, is if you're a new player, you don't even know what safe is. I mean, Kaká still is not listed as injured on the MLS Fantasy website. I mean, that that's how... That's how we're. I mean, like he didn't play. He was reported injured after the the lineup locked. He's still not listed as injured or grayed out or even read it out. It's every other major league in the world has an injury reporting system that informs the fans of who's going to play. Whether you not you got any scratch on the game or whether you're trying to just to enjoy the fantasy game or whatever, at least every other league in the world gives the player a benefit of the doubt and says this player is injured. You know, fifty percent chance. We don't even know who's going to show up. I'm I'm a Portland fan. I have no idea when Ridgewell is going to play a damn game. I have no idea. See, this is Nobody the knows. thing though is that the if you're a new if you're a new player, you have the same information as other people. It's just less information. So I'm all for saying, "Hey, let's get more information." I don't think it's actually detrimental to new players compared to old players. It, your knowledge of the league overall helps, but in terms of fantasy, you got the same information as anyone else, no matter how new of a player you are. So would you rather see some kind of incremental system? Because we used to have the red, the yellow, and the blue indicators. So if a guy had a a bad chance of playing, he was red. If he had an okay chance of playing, if you're looking at here, maybe looking at 75 to 100% chance of not playing was red. 50 to 25 was yellow and then blue was good to go. Is that something that needs to come back or do we even have enough information to figure that out? I'm thinking mostly at, at Hoberry, like I mentioned earlier in the show, who scratched late in the game and now now KJ does does not come down harsh on late scratches that people could not know before the actual game. So that that's good to know. But he scratches, gets put up as a hamstring injury, still has a red ends up starting the next the next round. In my opinion, there just needs to be more of an accurate um, injury report letting us know what's going on. Like on the you know English Premier League on Friday, they have a press conference. They pretty much say who's going to play. I understand there's an aspect of gamesmanship and trying to you know not let the other team know with a competitive advantage. But at the same time, it's like – you want MLS to grow. You want MLS fantasy to grow. You need to make this more user-friendly to the people that are playing and the people that are trying to get other people to play. You know, uh, FPL has over 3 million users. I know that the Premier League is one of the biggest leagues in the world, but you want to grow Major League Soccer and Major League Soccer fantasy. So why not replicate the system that they're using? Maybe throw in a couple different things that you want to do, you know, add your own spice and flavor into it. But do what they're doing. Have have you know accountability for injuries. Let the fans know that that'll also let us want to be more involved in in not just fantasy, but even just in your own team or other teams. There's just there's just a lot that's lacking this year. And yes, it's 100 percent 
um, punishing for new players. If you, you want to bring people, new players in, make it easier for them. Don't make them have to Google and cross-reference 10 different beat writers just to see if a person's playing so that they can captain them or they can bring them in their lineup. That's ridiculous. Have one injury report, have it done, send it out on you know the day before games, done and done. It's really not that difficult. Well, and that's and that's kind of the point is that, you know, it's the MLS at, at times feels like such a hipster league. Like we can't do anything that anybody else is doing. It's like, well, but some things work like, okay, I can understand you want to have five bench subs and a larger budget or whatever, because hey, we have a lot of bye weeks and we have a lot of double game weeks in this league. Maybe having more bench coverage is a good thing, but just because it's something else is going on somewhere else doesn't mean it's not worth copying. I mean, the, the auto subs and vice captain system that makes it simple when you're, when your roster locks, it locks and then you can just sit back and enjoy the games. And that's the big difference I think is that, okay, maybe the information is one thing and we can call it what it is, but I know that when my FPL roster locks, whatever I did is what I did. Now I can just sit down and enjoy the games. I don't have to keep checking my lineup all weekend, seeing if, if my captain's not playing, I have to switch out and go into manual sub mode. And then I have to go in and pick a new captain. And now I'm in manual sub mode. I also have to check all of my subs on my bench to see if they have to come in because they won't auto sub for a non-playing player. That's, that's next level stuff that I don't even, it, it doesn't, I'm not enjoying the game at that point. I like it when the roster locks, I can just watch the games. That's, that's what it's missing is the fact that, part of being a new player is also enjoying the experience. And if you have to check your roster at the start of every game to make sure your players are playing and if you have to go between manual and, and auto, that's that's a little bit ridiculous. Okay, so why do you have to do that, though? Why can't you just leave it on auto sub, which I do every because, single week? Oh, I don't do manual subs. Look at this last, look at this last week with Kaka. If you brought in yeah. Kaka like everybody did, and then he's a late scratch, hey, if I'm just sitting back watching the game – now I have a zero from Kaka that maybe I'll get a sub that comes in. And now my captain is a zero, so now I have no captain points. I mean, I'm so not, and that's what most, happened to me. Most yeah, of the people brought in Piotti. Kaka, well, I think, I was a... Was brought a, in Kaka. So then, and then it I, happens and it's bad for you. So, I mean, and I had to... Well, but then I had to go to man... I had, it was the first time I ever had to do it. I had to go into manual sub mode. I had to twitch my captain to Dos Santos. And then I had to manually sub in my defender who yep. was going to play and the other one wasn't going to play. It was a whole convoluted mess because late injury reporting then made me have to sit there and worry about just enjoying the game and having it take care of itself. Now that, that was discouraging. That, and that's from a veteran. That's from two veteran fantasy players. If you're a, a newbie or a casual player, you're not going to do that. And then you're going to come and check on Monday and be like, wait, 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 Kaka didn't play. Wait, what's going on? And that's going to deter you from wanting to play ever again. And that's going to make you talk crap about the game to all your friends. And then no one's going to want to play. Hmm. Let's get a little bit away from the injuries right now, because you guys have been touching on the other element that, that was pretty key uh, in the discussion on Reddit for this question. And that was the vice captain and the manual sub. So as we all know, we used to have, well, maybe if you're new listening, you may not know, we used to have a vice captain in the game uh, with Auto subs that allows you to do what used to be called a caparoo. If you're familiar with a switcheroo, it would basically let you hedge your bets and you could captain a guy you knew was not going to play to give you the ability to either switch that captain to a guy who you thought could do well 
or if your vice captain proved that he did do well, you could leave it the way it was, so you would automatically get your vice captain. That happened three years ago. Is that what it is, guys? Now, two years ago, a couple years, years ago. ago, three years ago, MLS didn't like it, got rid of it. So that's why we don't have the vice captain anymore. Would you guys rather have manual subs? And I think I know the answer to this question already from what it sounds like, but just vice captain versus manual subs. Vice captain, one hundred percent. I'd rather have yep. vice captain too. Yeah, I mean, it's just you just want to sit down after it locks and just watch the games. And if we're if whatever you're doing as a as a league administrator stops people from just actively watching and enjoying the game, then that's that's the first issue you have to fix. I should be able to sit down on a Saturday, jump back and forth. I I buy the package, so I'm flipping channels, watching different games at different points. I don't want to have to worry about my phone and my lineup anymore at that point. I just want to watch the games. I just want to be a soccer fan and enjoy the goals as they happen. And, hey, if I do something good, then I do something good on my lineup. But you don't want to take away from the enjoyment of watching the game. That's that's key number one. Well said. I agree. That's very well said. I, I definitely see what you guys are saying as far as it makes you have to focus more on the fantasy elements than on the actual games. And that is definitely uh, detracting from the game. I I think I fall between Guy and, and Simon, between you two guys as far as this. I honestly think that the changes that were made to the game uh, with with some of the how it works, I think they were made with the attempt to make it better for casual players i think the thought was if if you don't know the league and something messes up we'll give you the ability to go in and make changes on your own so in case you screwed up your your priority i i think the intentions were good when it comes out it puts more pressure on people to micromanage their team in, in that way to react so i i i like the i, I think the intent was there so I don't think it was done to try to push players away. But uh, KJ comes down and he and he says this is if MLS wants the game to get any traction, stop punishing people for using the information we give them. I get where he's coming from. Uh, on some element, I feel that betting it drives some of the better injury reporting tools, and, and we don't really have that culture here. Uh, but with NFL, it is just the rabid fantasy culture that's developed there. And I think that's a product of smaller private leagues that people have. And if we could develop that element of the game more so than just this universal um, overall score, if we could really find a way to encourage these smaller leagues and smaller groups of people to get together to play, then I think that could have an effect. Uh, but you guys have sort of convinced me that that perhaps next year, whenever there's some questions for surveys, for feedback to MLS, we may need to suggest let's drop the auto subs and bring back the vice captain. Manual subs. Sorry, drop the drop the manual subs and bring back the vice captain. Very good. Very good discussion, fellas. Uh, two questions, though, that have come out of that. Guy, is your brother an Everton fan? Uh, no, he's still um, he's still looking for his team. He's on, he's on his uh, vision quest right now, trying to figure <laughs> out which EPL team will be his for life. And I told him, I said, you know, be careful with Leicester because right, this is your first year in the league. And... Uh, you could be in for 50 years of heartbreak in the future if you choose Lester as your team. So um, he's, he's, he's figuring it out. Very, very good. And I forgot what the second question is, so I'm just not going to ignore that. But I will uh, suggest that perhaps he looks at Tottenham Hotspur 
which I guess at this point in, <laughs> I, I guess at this point in, in my EPL fandom, that would be saying like, pick the New York Yankees or, or the Boston Red Sox. But whenever it was my turn to have a vision quest, uh, that was not the case. So. Yeah, no, not, not Todd. okay we're going to move on uh we have some double game week specific questions and another one that specifically concerns guy uh that was asked and it was mentioned guy that you had some good comments about the necessary evils of double game weeks in your fantasy football 24 7 blog last week so there was a question that just asked you to elaborate some on that so that we could discuss it tonight Hmm. um i don't remember exactly what i wrote but i i know that when I write, I'm not, I'm not com- continually complimenting the league. <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> I'm one of the more critical voices. Uh, and no, what what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, I'm not a huge fan of all these double game weeks, um, because you know it, it does cause a lot more. You know, your player only gets half minutes, and there's rotation, and there's people getting subbed in and out at weird minutes. And all that being said, you still have to embrace the madness of the double game week and. Go- go full in because you can't afford just to be ignoring them and say, well, I'm just going to play the best player this week. Um, because statistically speaking, more often than not, a mediocre player playing 180 minutes is going to have a better return than any other player playing 90. So even if that doesn't always happen and we can't know how a coach is going to rotate, um, you know, you can't just have Giovinco and Kakan Piotti on a single game week when, you know, Houston's playing a double or, you know, Colorado's playing a double. You got to get some of those double players, regardless of how much you think you like their stock or how much you think those players. The double game week is extra minutes. It's extra potential for scoring and you have to take it. It's, it's, you know, the risk reward, it's the curse. It's it's the blessing, but I'm not, I know that people lose their minds over double game weeks. I still go very aggressive at a double game week, but you can't afford to just get so sour on them that you just say, well, I'm never doing a double game week, you know, like this again. No, I mean, you're going to strike out at least once a year on double game week. It's just not going to go your way, but you have to keep playing them as aggressively as possible. That was kind of what I was getting at in the article. So I guess your answer to the question, why, oh, why did I submit myself to this again is because you have to. Because you have to. Yeah. I mean, who wants to, I mean, really, does anybody want to go four deep on SKC again this week? No, of course you don't. But I bet you're going to have two or three. And you're going to hope that Zussi isn't benched for an entire game. Or you're going to hope that, you know, Failhaber isn't a bench sub that comes on in the 70, 70th minute in one of the games. But you can't afford not to have anybody. So you got to pick one up and you got to hope that he plays the better part of the 180. And you just wish for the best. I'm four deep. As am I. I would be five if I could. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I, I I think that does sum it up. It's just you just there are some things that have to happen because yeah, those minutes. I mean, and I like where you pointed out. It's sometimes it's those random guys. Like that's why I got Barrios in the last double game because I was like, this guy, he just he just does it sometimes, and I'm gonna get two shots at him this week. So mm, Diaz so- is gone. Let's let's roll with it. So that would be a differential, yeah. right? Hey, I'm not the one who's ever given you a hard time about that. I know. I just like saying it. It's just fun. I just want Simon. I just want to talk some more trash to Simon because I enjoy bantering with him. It's fun. 
Well, maybe you can do some with this next one. The other Double Game Week specific question, and there were several, but I like these two on their own, uh, especially with the way the league's been going so far. Are team matchups something we should put stock in? Uh, it's It just seems like a crapshoot every week. So uh, I guess some of the best examples are when we're looking at, well, I guess New York Red Bulls for, for most of the season being like, they're crap. They're playing New York, whatever. I, I don't think New York's really at that Chivas point in their current existence where it's like, ah, they're playing Chivas, bet against them. Uh, Colorado and Chicago were definitely at that point last year, but they're both pretty near the top right now, or at least Colorado's up there. Philly's up there pretty close too, as far as how, how some of the things are going. How are you guys evaluating team matchups? Are you looking at the form? Are you looking at just home and away goals? What do you use to try to navigate that? So here's my thoughts on that. You go with specific teams. You don't put too much stock in it. The first thing is home games are easier than away games, no matter what, unless you're playing at Yankee Stadium. Um, so you <laughs> like take those rules into account, right? And then you look at things like, okay, Houston has a pretty bad defense. I think my guys might score some goals against them. Um, okay, maybe this team has a really strong defense. I shouldn't transfer in an attacker against them. And you do that as sort of like, oh, maybe this tilts the odds to 60-40 instead of a coin flip, and you don't use matchups as everything. You just take them into account a little bit, and you maybe use them as a tiebreaker in your decision-making. And you definitely use home and away more than anything else. Yeah, I think that uh, with form, <clears throat> form and then home and away are two, two things that I personally use. Um, obviously, you know, if a player's hot or if a team's hot, you want to stick with the player. San Jose Wando has been absolutely insane. Yeah, it's – I want to say, yeah, seven eight eight five seven eight ten seven. Like, he's just been on fire. So is Sapong. Um, but, you know, you, you want to obviously get players that are, you know, in form and, and hot right now. But – as Simon said, I think there there is a little bit of everything you need to do. You do need to look at home and away fixtures, um, but you know, then again, sometimes you know, like like LA Galaxy last year, they I don't think the uh, King didn't score an away goal, where he scored like one or two away goals all season. <laughs> they were garbage on the road. Yeah, but at home he would get you know I think he had what two two or three hat tricks last year. It's just it's just ridiculous. So you know, factor a little bit of everything into it, but. Get the players that are in form. That's a, that's your best bet. Yeah, uh, form I think is pretty decently important. What I like to look at whenever I'm looking for team comparisons is, of course, I look at the form chart that that I publish up there because I, I do like that. Um, I look at a lot of what I look at is just home and away chance of scoring and conceding goals. Uh, I try to keep track of some of that stuff in a spreadsheet on the side just to see um, is this team's been giving up an average of two goals a game when they're on the road. Perhaps that's a team I'm going to bet more heavily against an offense against them uh, instead of their defense themselves. So that was that was Houston and Columbus pretty much this round. Not the goal fest I had hoped, but uh, that was that was an example of that. So I, I like looking at goals and away goals scored and conceded as a nice little evaluator of of the team comparisons, but I don't think we're at the point of the season yet where we can pick a Chivas, uh, pick a taco, whatever we want to call 
<laughs> some of to always bet against them. And maybe we won't have to. There's some good some good parity in, in this league. Uh, you don't want to fall down the trap that's so easy to do, as an example, with uh, Montreal and Toronto this, this past week where uh, Montreal was playing at home and Montreal had given up zero home goals. And so well, they only had, uh, to they're, 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 I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, with only two home games. And then you look at Toronto, though, and they've had seven away games. So that's going to give you a bit more better evaluation of a defense than than just two home games. So uh, those are the things you want to keep in mind when you're looking at those stats. Just kind of some basic stat stuff. So don't don't get too blinded by uh, the forest because of the trees. So I feel uh, that I feel that, too, like <laughs> you kind of have to look to see who's refing the games because if Ted, <laughs> if Ted Uncle's refing a game out of his what 47 games he's ref, he's given 45 red cards or something obnoxious like that and it's just I feel that ugh, you know actually I'm just gonna stop because there, go there are actually stats for that I yeah. think it's on on uh, who scored or one of those transfer market one of those places does have stats for that so it might be worth looking into um, maybe we need to find Cautions per 90 or, or yellows per 90 something and start throwing that up for referees so we can help do some calculations. I don't know. Uh, guys, send us some tweets if you like that idea of getting some some fantasy metrics for referees. That that seems so so funny. Uh, so let's just get on the picks. Let's, let's get into our picks. So with our keepers and defenders, no specific questions. Um, so let's just jump right into it for picks and who you guys like for, for this week. Let's just start with you, Guy. Um... Well, for keepers, I got I got Malia, but I'm not really confident in him right now because he's going to go away to Vancouver, and then the juggernaut that is L.A. is coming. Um, I think – so here's my – keeper for uh, value budget, um, Gleason from Portland, 4.5. Take a double game week keeper for the cheapest price possible and invest in some attacks somewhere else. Simon? Yeah, for me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Simon. Oh, um, I like Shuttleworth from New England. If you're picking up a keeper that you don't already have, Portland, you know, a little bit hobbled. They won't have Diego Valeri for the first game this week. Um, seems like a pretty good option to me. They have two home games. Always picking guys with two home games. That said, I have Malia just because he's been the guy I've had so far, and I don't think it's usually worth using a transfer on a keeper. If you already have a double game week keeper, the the ceiling is just not super high. Don't worry about it too much. I'd pick anyone, but if you have um, you know, one guy that you're gonna pick up, make it Shuttleworth. And for me, I'm gonna I'm sticking with Malia. He's already in my lineup, but gotta remember, guys. I know it's uh, what one, two, three, four, five. So it's five game weeks away to game week thirteen, where there are a lot of buys. You need to start looking at your teams now to make sure that you're not picking up players that have a bye that week. For me, when I wildcarded in game week six, I was looking at this. You can see on the chart on MLSFantasyBoss.com where the buys are in game week 13, what teams have them and what teams don't. I highly recommend, I know it's tough to look out, you know, look five games into the future, but you got you got to you got to set yourself up for success, not for failure. And if we're bringing in a bunch of guys that have buys on game week thirteen, you're going to take a lot of hits just to take them out. So for me, 
If you got Malia, obviously play him. If you're wild carding this week, I do like the Shuttleworth pick because of two home games. But at the same time, you need to look at players that are going to have uh, non-buys on game week 13. Malia is going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it. Get Malia. Plus, he's got another double game week in game week 10. No buys either. Well said. So moving on to midfielders. Uh, just had a lot of questions about a lot of random midfielders. So, guys, I'm just going to let you give your quick statement. It, it can be one word if you want to, or it can be a, a little bit more. Oh, yeah, you're right. Defenders. It's my fault. Jason, defenders. Oh, well, since uh, here's my Kansas City in Vancouver, so Parker, Dia, and Quelo. And then I got Redding on the bench and Zimmerman on the bench. But like I said, Quelo and Dia and Parker, those three, I think will be fine, good to go. I agree. Those are the best defender picks. I don't like the other teams, except maybe you could get a New England gonna... guy if you want a cheap guy. Um, if it looks like what's-his-face Tierney is going to be out and Woodbury subbed on for him, if you need like a 5.0, maybe you I grab actually, Woodbury. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. Parts. I'm a little bit high on the New England defense this week just because their matchups. You've been high on Shuttleworth for like the whole year. Shuttleworth yep. is my boy. He got the sick hair. He's a good keeper. <laughs> yeah, I'll be swapping Tyranny off. I don't trust the injury reports. I don't think he'll play a whole lot. So um, I'll probably pick up Simon in his place because Tyranny is already pretty expensive. And then I'll start Dia and another single game week keep player. I don't know who I'm going to put in there yet. Yeah, a, a thing too I was actually looking at when I was running my punts today. I have Woodbury in there, like Simon said, for five mil. And then Guy could probably give a little, shed a little more light on this. But since I know that uh, Ridgewell, I think he had his second successful week of practice. But, you know, Jermaine Taylor for six point, I think he's 6.5. And then um, Valen, is it Valentine? And then there's another outside back. I'm not sure. Um, Clute, is it? Clute, yeah. Clute, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get some uh, indication of. You know, Portland, uh, Portland's lineup before it locks, but I think that, you know, one of those – a Portland defender could be good, especially um, like maybe if JT does play both games, you have a double game week, game week eight, and then another double game week, double game week ten. So you can get a solid locked-in starter for Portland. could be very beneficial for you. And just so people know, the last update that I have seen on Chris Tierney is that Heaps has said that he is limited in terms of what they're doing with him and that there's 28 to 48 hours more of important in assessing uh, assessing him. So not sure what in the world that's going to turn out to be, but there are definitely some big question marks around Chris Tierney. So as a special gift for everyone, we have picks that Travis made, even though he cannot be with us tonight. So as far as keepers and defenders go, Travis is picking Malia. Then he's also going with Quello. Arid from Vancouver and Parker from Vancouver. So he is going with double Vancouver this round as well with, I guess, kind of double sporting Kansas city. Arid is a great pick also on my punts last week. And again, this week, there you go. Uh, So now moving on to to midfielders, we had a lot of players, as I said. So if you guys want to, uh, I'm calling this player trade. So if you want to just give a one word answer, feel free to do it. If you want to give more than one word, that's also fine. So Lee Wynn. We'll just go uh, Guy, Simon, J. Uh, trade. Hold if you have 
So is that play? Is it like buy, sell, play. hold? That would be okay, play. I'll, I'll go with play, but don't buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Simon. Double home game, play if you got them, but don't get them. Fair enough. Valeri, and this is, this what everyone knows, a single game week Valeri. Uh, same order. Oh, same order. Uh, uh, flip a lucky quarter. And uh, heads, you sell them. Tails, you keep them. Again, play, but don't buy. And I'd say you buy him because uh, he's still one of the best and most consistent BP generators. Buy him, buy him, buy him. Double game week and double game week 10. Yeah, I actually kept him. I did not trade him because I still highly value a single game week Valeria myself. Right. So we'll switch it up now. We'll go Simon J. Guy. We'll let you go first, Simon, uh, with a question. Play, but don't buy. <sighs> I sold him, but... I think uh, I think you uh, you trade him this week for a uh, for a double game week player or even Valeri, so sell him. Sell him, yeah. Andrew's uh, general knowledge is don't sell on a home game, and that worked out very well this round. So uh, away games, yeah, for to sell people. Uh, Jay, we'll start with you this time. Kaka, sell and don't oh pick God. him up because hamstring injuries suck. That's and right. He's old. I love Kaka, but sell him. Yeah. Absolutely sell. I'm going to hold. And finally, Jones. I hate to say it, but he's been on my punts last week and this week with 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 Papa. With Papa and Powers out and him playing a 10 spot, he's going to be attacking, and I think he's going to give you consistent return and for what is it, 8.2? I think something like that. I think yeah. that if you can. If you need a good single game week player that has double game week coming up, buy him. Um, for me, for this one, I'm going to give a stupid cop-out answer. Don't buy him. Again, Like it's like play, but don't buy. I don't know why you have Jermaine Jones if you are having Jermaine Jones. That's, that, is, that is truly, um, what is the word? Truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> I mean, if you have Jones, good for you. I'm I'm impressed, but I don't think that many people do, and I wouldn't buy him this week. I'd probably wait a week. So if you have Jones, you're probably a Colorado fan. Yeah, well, like only I mean, like I want to say like three point three percent or something like that of people have Jones. So I can't believe it's that high. Two point eight, two point eight percent, and he's eight point two million with twenty two points in like hundred and seventy minutes. Wow, guy, what do you think? Player trade. I say play. All right, do it. So there's some information right there. Now, midfielder picks. And let's just go with uh, Jay, Simon, and Guy. I'm going with um, Piotti, Zussi, Valeri. And that's, uh, I think, with those three, you're good. I mean, I have Castillo, but, you know, I think that if you have at least three out of the four uh, double game week midfielders, you should be pretty solid. I'm going to go with Failhaber and Piatti as my picks. And the only player I think is a must-have for this week is Benny Failhaber. I do not think any of the other players are necessary. So if I were to make one pick, it is Benny Failhaber. Hmm. Uh, Piatti and Zussi are my only two that I'm 100% sure of. Well, let's do a quick follow-up question then. 
So Zussi versus Benny. I, I know I've been vocal about Zussi in the past, but you guys real quick, what's driving your choices for Zussi over Benny? Or vice versa, Simon? Okay, so for me with Benny, um, I think it's pretty simple. I've been really surprised actually seeing people have Zussi. He has more overall points, but Benny has a very, very consistent point floor. Um, if you look at Graham Zussi, he this year has only had one game where he has above six points, and his two highest games, this is playing uh, seven different games, he has a nine-pointer and a six-pointer. His other games are all very mediocre, all threes except for a four. I don't know why you'd want Graham Zussi when you could have Benny Failhaber, who, when he's played, sure, his total points are lower because he missed the first three games on injury, but... He has a 6, a 9, a 7, and a 5, and his point floor is really great. He was a great player last year, and so i got to be honest, I don't understand the Graham Zussi love. Failhaber is clearly the better player. All right, now, now I'm going to give you the flip side of this. Benny's first two games were, were the very first goal was a flute goal in the 93rd minute from a bogus PK. The second goal he poached from Dom Dwyer should never have even scored it. Um, also, he's points eight million more, and he's playing much more farther back. So yes, he may get some defending BPs, but Zusi is still on all set pieces with Brad Davis. Benny, yeah, is on PKs, which does have that appeal. But I, my logic behind this was during the double game week. Uh, Zussi was cheaper, fit in my budget, and he's in my lineup now, so there's no point in switching out for the same team. And plus, I don't know, I just – Zussi is much less owned. Benny's a lot higher ownership too, so if Benny gets injured or something, gets a red card, which he typically likes to do in double game weeks, then, hey, I got Zussi and I'm good to go. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's kind of why I got him. And to rehash some of what I've said before, I I don't think Benny's the better player. I think so far he's been the luckier player with some things to happen. I think Zussi has been by far more involved in the attack for Sporting Kansas City, and just some unfortunate finishes have not gone the way to help get him mostly assist points. It hasn't really been goal-scoring opportunities. It's been mostly chances of, of assists or multiple assists. And so I think his key passes and his crosses are, are what is so valuable. And he's usually just been maybe one away on multiple categories from having some more points. Now, at the end of the day, no matter how good a player is for his team, means nothing if he's not putting the fantasy points on the board. So, Simon, right there, you are absolutely correct in, in that evaluation. But I th I think what Zussi has shown us, for me, merits giving him a shot with some of these double games to see what he's going to do. I think he has the better chance, at least early on, now that Benny's getting closer to 100% fitness, this statement is a little bit more questionable, but I thought Zussi had the better chance of the 180-minute game compared to Benny, who's still sort of recovering from what until he had that freak strip throw thing. So that was why I was going with Zussi. I already have him. He's cheaper, so that's why I'm not just doing a like-for-like like swap. Uh, I'm hoping he goes 180 this week so I can at least see some more of does some of this hope slash faith that I have 
in in Zussi pans out to actually come through with some solid points. Yeah. If they can shed this damn losing streak. I mean, I wouldn't swap Zussi for Failhaber, to be honest, but if you don't have either and you're picking up one and budget doesn't matter, just all things being equal, I'd rather have yeah. Failhaber. I can sure. totally buy the you need the point eight million or if you already have Zussi, I wouldn't switch to Failhaber. And I don't think the difference is all that big. I just think that the difference is fairly clear what is there. Sure. I also like All the right. potential for PKs. <laughs> Let's move on to forwards. So again, another really quick question. People want to know our thoughts on on getting Geo right now, uh, even though he does not have double game weeks coming up anytime soon. And if we would be willing to drop people like Adi and Via right before this double game week, so does Rage drops. Uh, Simon, let's kick it off with you this time. Okay, so I think it's really interesting that people are thinking about this. I also think you're crazy if you're thinking about this. I have had Giovinco the entire year, and he is the best player in MLS. He's the best player in MLS fantasy. But you're going into a double game week. We spent all that time earlier, I think it was a guy who was talking about, like, you probably want the average player on a double game week over the really good player on a single and especially if you're spending the money to bring him in um maybe just for this week you should hold off bring him in next week when they start having a stretch of one two three four home games in a row including a double game week in week 11 with both games at home um unless your team is already loaded with double game week guys and you really feel like you can't do anything different Maybe just wait a week. He's really good, but if you don't have him yet, you can wait one more week. Jason? Yeah. Um, I dropped Giovinco on my wild card, um, but there's always going to be one or two single game week players that will outperform the double game week players, and on a rare occasion, uh, that's going to be – you know, your Giovinco, your Adi, I'm sorry, your Giovinco, your um, Valeris. But if you can get Giovinco and still have two other double game week forwards, I think you're fine. Uh, I agree with Simon. I think you do wait one more week. But the caveat to that is Toronto is playing at home against a keeper that's played 45 minutes in MLS total. That means, in my mind, a lot of goals will be scored from Giovinco. But, as the question states, is it time to bring in Giovinco? And would you drop Adi and Via? I think Adi's going to actually have a great double game week again. Via has just been so inconsistent this year. Um, I'm in favor of having double game week forwards. Giovinco is that exception. If you can have Giovinco, Adi, and Via, that's the perfect storm. Why not try to do it that way? Right. I just want to clarify my opinion from earlier because Jason made a great clarification. I think that it would be fine to pick up Giovinco. I was specifically answering the question, would you drop a double game week player for him? And the answer to that is no. Good, um, good also, Toronto's playing away at Portland, although, yeah, he's playing against Gleason. So. Guy? No, I, I agree with, with uh, Jay on that one. I mean, he's the and Simon. He's the best player in the league, and yeah, if you're gonna drop, you know, Via to get him, that's that's not a smart move. But 
you know, if you're dropping like a Rudy and you have extra money this week and you're deciding between picking up Adi without Valeri giving him service or Giovinco playing against, you know, a backup keeper, either would be a good choice. Well said. All right, picks. What do you guys like for forward? Simon, Guy, Jay. Um, number one, Didier Drogba. Assuming that he starts against New York, he'll be playing at Yankee Stadium. That seems like a goal fest. I would rather have Drogba than Piotti if you're choosing one of the Montreal guys, uh, mostly because of the penalty kicks and because Drogba is a better player. But I'll go with Drogba, Via, and Giovinco as my picks. Two doubles and a single that cost a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, my two top picks are Via and Giovinco as well. Yeah, uh, Gio, Via, and Adi. I think Adi's going to have a big game, especially with Valeri out. I don't know why, but I just feel it in my bones. Fair enough. So we already know that Simon likes Benny as his must-have player. Uh, Guy, do you have a must-have for this round? No, not for this round. I don't even think Piotti and Via are must-haves if you have to spend money elsewhere for – uh, on a hunch play, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't have anybody this round that's a must have. Yeah, me, me either. All right. Simon's the only one Wait, with that. I, I say that he's the must have midfielder. So, okay. If we're Fair going must have, do you have a must have overall? Uh, no, I don't think I do, actually. See, Even like, set you up. You could have said Benny right there again. So funny. Okay. Benny. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't even think many of the double game week players are that good. Honestly, Piotti seems overrated to me. A lot of the players seem overrated. Nothing is really that consistent. No, no must-haves. Okay. Wide well, open. Well, then let's just cover captains. Uh, Guy, who do you like for captain this week? Captain this week? Uh, Give everybody a number well, and goal think... of D20. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> I mean, V is the smart choice for me with the double home fixtures. I mean, there's nobody on, on New England that – I mean, what are you going to do, Captain Davies? No. Um, <laughs> v is really the only guy that, that I think is, you know, double home fixtures. You got to do it. But he could he could get you eight points, you know, two points each game. What about a It's a risk either way. No. 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 <laughs> Don't ever captain a defender. Simon. Unless it was Rodney Wallace three years ago when he was really not a defender, then you don't captain a defender. <laughs> oh, the good day. Well, Simon, what about you? I am going to captain. I have no idea. It's between Benny Failhaber and Drogba. So for now, I'll say Failhaber because I think his point floor is lower. But uh, it's okay. I can uh, put both in the picture. You can put both on the picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd do that. Honestly, I just don't know if Drogba is going to start against New York, and if he does, I think Drogba is the better captain. Um, I, yeah, I'll go with Drogba. I think for you, though. You're I'll, just, like, so laid back and like, uh, well, you know, it's Benny or Drogba. I'm, it's okay. I'm I'm in Seattle. I think that they're both good, though. That's the thing, and I don't know which one's better. Like, Drogba's got the higher ceiling. Failhaber's got the higher floor. It's a tough decision, you know? Could you like put a cup outside of your window and see which one catches more rain? Two cups, one that says Drogba and one that says Benny, and whichever one catches more rain will be your captain. Okay, it's totally sunny here today. Stereo. Uh, give it an hour, right? Uh, what about you, Jay? I don't know where yeah. that came from. 
Yeah, it's got to be uh, David Villa just of the double home fixture. Um, I mean, that's just a logical choice. I think that if you're not going to go with David Villa, I think you go with Giovinco because it's Giovinco. Oh, you want you want to as well? Okay. No, no, no. I, no, I'm no. Saying, okay. I'm saying that yeah, yeah, David Villa, but if not, fair enough. Let's solve. Let's see if these work out, or if it's going to be someone like Kevin Doyle, who is actually the best captain this week. So, because of MLS, <laughs> uh, that's all the picks that we have. So we're going to move on to community time real quick. But I can't remember. Uh, sorry, I, I can't. I mentioned to you again, guys. Back up earlier in the show. I was going to talk about how one of the fun things that I, I texted Guy this week was I was watching the Montreal and the Toronto game. I messaged Guy and said, are you watching this? You, you would love it. And he said, what's going on? There was some dude up in the Montreal fans who was standing right next to the camera, and he was just screaming, Josie, you suck. Josie, you <laughs> suck. And you could hear it clearly on on the over the camera and i was just rolling and then he says josie your shoes are crap and i'm just like where in the world did this come from and the, the guy was by far my favorite after he just said the shoes comment i never heard him again i can only imagine he was already drunk and got thrown out of the stadium but for those few minutes right there he was my favorite and i so wish you had been watching that game live guy I was I was watching the Philly game. I, I didn't realize that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe we need to find and see if there's a Montreal guy Sanchez out there. Maybe that's what was actually happening here. So if you guys Maybe are listening, don't, don't check my passport. Find your best Montreal guy Sanchez lookalike and please send to at MLS Fantasy Insider. So or at MLSFI, I would I would love that so much. We need to get no, that, that. We need to get that FC Dallas doppelganger on the show. Right. That's what I was going to say is I have a doppelganger somewhere down in Dallas who's just a fat snack hombone sunbeam and uh, looks just like me. I, it's kind of crazy. Uh, we'll do it. We'll make a help. Um, a help. We'll make a person one at sign. We'll put it on milk cartons down there and see if we can find this guy. Okay, moving on to the community time uh, for the r slash fantasy MLS league. Congrats to uh, Josh Nori, who was the manager of of Schwa United. I'm I'm sure I butchered that, but that's a weird team name. Uh, you've got 97 points, and that's awesome. You put every one of us to shame. I think the high score was 111, so I, I also think you're a witch. Uh, but congrats, man. You did you did really well. If anybody got a high score, I think you're a witch. That's that's what's going to happen this round. Uh, now the the less exciting MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head -head league. Uh, Simon, you took on Travis this round, and I'll let you go ahead and say how that went down. Well, I beat him. That's how it yes. went down. Um, it, was like, it was like an almost dis. Oh, was it? I didn't even look at the final score because I just looked and yeah. I was like, I did so well that I won whoever my matchup was with. You're I'm, uh, I'm arrogant. 76 to 47. So you pretty much almost transposed the score right there. That was. Yeah, we both took a minus four, I think, too. That was pretty awesome. Uh, moving on, we had a Corolla versus Mike Dat Tiger. And that was a very close one, uh, 65 to 63, but Corolla ended up. Uh, next, older goaler who had been doing so well fell to fantasy football 24-7. Uh, but again, it was close, just 47 points to 40. So very, very close match. Guy and Jay, a match for just the ages. How did it go down? I'll, I'll let you take this, Guy, since, uh, since you beat me by one gosh darn point. I think that was a good summary right there. I've lost so many games by like combined three points. And 
If I just got accurate injury reporting, it'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you're still above uh, me in this league, though. You're four and three. I'm three and four. But but Simon, remember last year when league you were in last place and you came back to win it? I score of anyone in the league, and I'm like way down in the dumps. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but you have like the hot so it's pretty crazy. I'm skipping my game last. Uh, going to Ben Bear versus Ivan the Tiger. Ivan the Tiger. I'm getting Mike and, and Ivan mixed up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ivan the Terrible. Uh, and Ben, I think he had like the worst score last round, and now he has the best score. So he got 83 points. Uh, built. He beat Ivan's very respectable 64 points. So good job. And finally, uh, I played against my buddy Steve this round, our taco. And he asked me for some advice before before he made his trades. Apparently, whatever I did pretty well <laughs> because he beat me 65 to 45. So sometimes the taco wins, just like the New York Red Bulls. Uh, so I, I got beat by the round. So I'm just thankful we don't have a sacco. And that means Reed has to wear the Columbus jersey next podcast. Yeah, that was that was that was for the end of the season. That, mm. I forgot the Columbus jersey. It's so awful. Uh, next round in round eight, I am taking on Guy. So with hope, uh, he, he will lose to me by one point. And we have Jason is taking on older goaler. So we may try to get him on the show to talk some smack there. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Corolla. That will be a good match. Mike That Tiger is against Simon. Travis is taking on Ben. And then Ivan is taking on my buddy Steve. The Taco? Question mark? We'll find out. Can I make a comment here? Sure. This is directed directly at Mike That Tiger. I'm going to crush you. Do you understand that? Okay. Because Mike has been tweeting these stupid gifts at me of cats getting crushed by mirrors while we've yeah, been recording yes. this show. And then and then he tweets some rude thing with Hermione from Harry Potter at me. You're going down, Mike. And I would like everyone to tweet a rude gif at Mike Dat Tiger on Twitter and support <laughs> at Simon MLSFI on Twitter. It's going down. This is a battle. Oh, this is like a classic Team Simon versus Team Mike. Yeah, and I. And or is I'm, it Team Dat Tiger? I don't know. Yeah, what, what should I'm, it be? I'm Team Simon for sure because that was a very rude gif of a mirror smashing a cat. I like cats. No, you know what? I love cats. I got three of them at home, and I got a hot wife, so you can't say anything about it. And that's rude, Mike. I hope you lose, and I hope everybody on your team gets injured for one week. That's it. And, and oh, come we, back. May need to have, we may need to have Mike on the show next week, the way this is going. Suck it, Mike. Oh. Suck. Simon's going to crush you. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. So, yes, uh, I guess let's tweet out. Let's let's see. Do you guys support Team Simon or Team Dat Tiger? That's what it's going to be. Hashtag Dat Tiger. Oh, that could be fun. I, I, haven't, seen the, I haven't seen the GIF yet, um, but if Amir does smash a cat and it's funny, like, if it looks cruel, then I'll go with Simon. But if it... If it makes me laugh, and I don't know how I'm going to perceive it yet because I haven't seen it, but if it makes me laugh, it is kind of I'm going to go with the tiger. Going to go with team right. tiger. All right, we'll see there. <laughs> All right, so guys, uh, wrapping up real quick here. Do you guys have any plugs for this coming round? Which starts on Wednesday, by the way. Should have been a little tip earlier on. Team Simon. Yeah, I, I got a plug. Um, first and foremost, um, my father-in-law passed away on thir- – or I'm sorry, um, yes, on Thursday – or Thursday or Friday. Um, so just keep, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers um, to my wife and her family. Um, and because of this too, we're not having a baby shower. And I hate, and I, this is a very like, I like shameless, but 
um, I, I posted out one of our um, our baby registry online. Um, if you guys want, it'd be fantastic if you guys could help us out um, with things on there. Uh, some of the guys at uh, Fantasy Football 24-7, um, Mido, he actually bought us like a changing pad and um, some things like that. So I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. And if any of you guys uh, would like to donate to the cause of another Wiskovich coming up in the ranks, uh, it's pinned on my Twitter, and that'd be awesome if you guys would do that. But thank you guys again. I have nothing. I would echo Jay's. That's that's a good one. That's the best plug we've had all year. To send him baby stuff? Yeah, that's very necessary. Babies there need love, go. you know? Guy had a technical issue and got disconnected, but uh, please check out his post at Fantasy Football 24-7 and his his own independent podcast, Merry Man's Guide to Sports, uh, the Guy Sanchez podcast experience. I don't know, uh, whatever he calls that. So check all that stuff out from Easter Guy Sanchez. Uh, for myself, please be sure to check out MLS Fantasy Boss with all the articles that are going to be coming out quickly this round to uh, get us all ready for the round eight start on Wednesday. Also check out the articles that... Travis and I will be having over at MLS Fantasy Boss this week. Uh, I hope that you enjoy those tips there, even though sometimes they may not be as helpful with crazy double game weeks. And also, please, again, consider stopping by Patreon to uh, support the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, I'll be putting up a picture of the logo that we'll be using to get a sticker soon. Uh, I had a small redesign, so I hope you guys will be enjoying that. And if there's nothing else you guys would like to add, I will say, as always, good luck. <laughs>